Welcome to the Next Level Faith Podcast. I'm your host, Julianne Kirkland, best-selling author and life coach. Join me each week to learn more about the strategies, tools, and mindset needed to arise from the overwhelm and live a joyful life you love. To learn how you can work with me further or to get your copy of my book, Arise and Shine, check out www.juliannekirkland.com. Also, be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode because the best version of you begins on your next level of faith. Wendy Rhodes is a mom and Mimi who loves the Lord and is passionate about sharing his love with others. She's an entrepreneur and real estate investor from Kinston, North Carolina. One of her companies is Hearth and Home Property Solutions. They specialize in taking tired and broken down houses and restoring them to their former glory. While working full-time in a corporate job and running a local Liberty tax franchise, Wendy was able to double her income using real estate. She recently left her corporate position to pursue real estate full-time. This has given her the freedom to spend more time with family and travel. Wendy also enjoys encouraging and mentoring others as they begin their real estate investing journey. Wendy has an incredible story about redeeming expectations, and I can't wait to introduce you to her today. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Next Level Faith Podcast. I'm your host, Julianne Kirkland, and I am so excited to have you joining with this guest today, Wendy Rhodes. So even though like I am, you can kind of hear it in my voice, I'm recovering from a cold. It's just a cold. Um, And Wendy was like, do we need to reschedule? And I was like, no, this conversation is too good. Like we have to get it out there. So here we are recording with all of the snot and coughing and all that, but we're just going to go with it because you guys know what that's like to have a cold because we're human and it happens. Anyway, welcome Wendy. Thank you, Julianne. Thank you for having me today. Oh, I'm so excited you are here. So Wendy, why we're having this conversation, right? So I noticed, um, one of Wendy's posts several weeks back and she posted on Facebook and it was a picture of a beautiful beach with the ocean and the clouds and in the clouds was a really cool heart. And as I went on to read her caption, like that wasn't the intention of her taking the picture. So Wendy, talk a little bit about like your expectations you had and what you were taking the picture for and what God actually revealed to you through that moment. Okay. I'll be glad to. Well, I was at a a retreat in Hilton Head, South Carolina with some other ladies in a real estate group that I'm a part of. And the morning before, you know, we were meeting on the beach every morning to see the sunrise and do some exercise things. And um, the morning before, I missed the sunrise by just like a few minutes. And they talked about how beautiful and glorious and pink it was. And and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to be there the next day. And I'm going to get this beautiful sunrise. And I'm going to take a picture of it and everything. And I get out there and it's cloudy. (laughs) And it's raining. And you can see off in the distance the rain and the and the dark clouds and everything so i snapped a picture of that not realizing above it was a glorious view i didn't even see that because i was so focused on what i was expecting yeah and what it wasn't or what it wasn't what i was expecting at all and how disappointed i was that oh i got a crappy view you know mm. and it and it turned out to be so much more than that and somebody else had to point it out when i posted the picture i first posted the picture you know just general pictures and and somebody was like there's a heart in that cloud and i'm like 
wait, it really is. I miss all of that. Mm. And it's, and it just taught me that, you know, we can be so focused on what we want God to do and how we want him to answer our prayers Mm. that we can miss the big picture and the beautiful thing that he's doing. That's right. So this is such a deep conversation on such like a simple, you know, experience that you had. And I feel like that's how God shows up so often. And it is, it's, it's having somebody to remove those blinders because we do, we get so laser focused on what we want, where we're going, our expectations of things. And it's like, no, you missed it. You didn't look up, you know? And it's like that, that's what God is telling us to do. Like, no daughter, I have so much more for you. And he was able to redeem kind of your expectations that you had in that moment. And I know, I know your story and you've experienced many experiences like that of where God has come and kind of redeemed your expectations on how you thought something was going to turn out or what you thought it should look like, you know, the shooting all over ourselves, which no one appreciates. (laughs) It never works out good for anyone, but talk a little bit about your experience in the, the redemption story of expectations. Okay. Um, well, there's so many in my life actually, um, but I think the the one that a lot of people can relate to is, is the redemption of my expectations around my marriage. Um, when I was married, um, it was a very rocky relationship and I found myself struggling. Um, when, when, when I married my husband, um, I had kind of stepped away from the Lord. I was brought up in a church. We were there every Sunday, every Wednesday. And, and, and I knew a lot about God, but I didn't know God, right? And so as a teenager, I fell away and, you know, got into the party life and all that kind of stuff. And then I eventually got married and I still wasn't close with God then. And, and I remember going to church and I remember where I was sitting, exactly where I was sitting and thinking, there's got to be more to it than this. There's got to be more to it than this. And so, because we weren't really exposed to the Holy Spirit and, and we knew God and Jesus, but the Holy Spirit was kind of a missing piece in, in my life. I don't know about other people's lives, but in my life it was. And so um, after I got married, I struggled with depression and all kinds of things. And um, after our first anniversary, I got pregnant and I was so excited. I was so excited. And during that time when I was pregnant, my husband had an affair and it was it was devastating. It was devastating. And um The Lord just really did a good thing because we were struggling. You know, I loved my husband. I wanted it to work out. And and um, I knew he had come from a, a, a tough family situation. And, and so we were trying to work through things. But through that, we were introduced to a, a small group Bible study, um, a prayer group. And so they brought us into the fold. They prayed for us. They they covered us in prayer. They taught us. And that's where I discovered the Holy Spirit. And, and the Lord began to do a good work in my life way back then. And, and he just taught me things that I never knew. Um, but 
the marriage still struggled, right? And it was like we were in this cycle. Every few years, we would go through this. Another so talk, talk about that for for uh, a minute. Like, let's go back. So after the first affair, um, you had this like revelation, right? Of, oh my gosh, this, I want to fight for my marriage. I want to fight for my husband. This is what I want. Like you have placed an expectation, not only on yourself, but on your husband. We'll talk about a little bit what that expectation look like to you? Like, what were you trying to live out in that expectation of what you thought it should be? Well, of course, you know, we're brought up watching Disney movies with the happy ever after, happily ever after endings. And, and so of course you wanted this perfect marriage, the perfect husband who was, you know, just dotes over you and, and does all the great things and, and just the peace in the house and, beautiful children and the whole nine yards, right? Your expectations of all these things. Um, and it, it just wasn't happening. I mean, and it's because of dynamics of his childhood, of my childhood, of, of all the things, you know, the enemy starts really, really early on us. Oh yeah. To, to tear us down and mess us up. And that, that happened and those dynamics were coming together and it was just, not working, you know, it was just not working. And, um, and, and we didn't know how to maneuver. We didn't know how to fix it. We didn't know what to do. And that's when this prayer group brought us in and, and just began to teach us how to love each other, how to pray for each other, how to do things together and, and set realistic expectations of each other. Um, but with that comes, the decision that each person has to make right. to follow those things. And while I was following those things, he chose not to. Yeah. Um, and, and so we would end up going through these cycles of affairs and, mm. and it was kind of like the Israelites going through the desert, right? We kept going around the same mountain around and around I'm like, God, this here I am again in the same spot. What, what in the world, Lord? And and I just would pour out my heart to the Lord and we would separate and we would get back together and separate and get back together. And that went on for years and years. Wow. But I mean, I was strong in my faith and I was just believing God. Mm. I know God is going to save my marriage. I know he's going to do this and, and we're going to be this big, happy family and everybody's going to be healed and whole. And it's just all going to work together and, and come out like the perfect family. Right. Thanks. And and that's just so not what happened. Wow. That's so not what happened. I mean, so we did end up getting divorced and honestly, I was pissed at God. Mm. You know, he was supposed to do this. Right. God, you were supposed to do it this way, the way I expected. Yeah. And, and he didn't. Mm. And so I, fell away from God. And the bad thing is, you know, during my growth period with the Lord, I kind of went from this ditch to that ditch. Mm. So I went from, you know, not knowing God and Holy Spirit to knowing him so well that I kind of got this um, holier than thou kind of attitude. Yeah. And, and I became a Pharisee in a sense, because it was like, you got to do this, this, and this, and this. 
and I'm doing all this, Lord, see, see, I'm doing you're, all this. You are earning your way. Yes, I was. So I'm doing all this stuff, Lord. So you're supposed to answer my prayer just right. the way I want you to answer my prayer. Oh, and was, was that all messed up? That was that was all messed up. Mm. So anyway, you know, I decided to pout for a while. And and I, and even back then, I remember, oh, I love God so much. I will never leave him. On. I, mm. How can people turn their back on God? And what did I do? I turned my back on God and, right. I, and I walked away and I was mad. I was angry at my husband. I was angry at God. I was angry at the world mm. because it didn't work out like I was expecting it to work out. Yeah. Winnie, that's so important. I think because somebody, there's somebody listening right now who is in that exact same position, either in the position of feeling like how in the world can people turn from God? How, like, how is that even possible? He's so good. He's good all the time. Right. It's so easy to slap that on and say it. Oh, God's good all the time. God is good. (laughs) You know? And then at the same time, there's also somebody listening who's like, I'm pissed right now. He didn't show up the way I expected him to show up. And like, you know, I'm talking about in our, in our awake mastermind all the time, like we are to carry the posture of being expectant of God, that he is going to come through on his word, that he's going to come through on his promises. The thing that we have to look at is our expectation on it. Are we actually looking at his promise and expecting him to carry through on his word because he will always, or are we looking at our timeline, our frame through our lens? And if it doesn't match our expectation perfectly, then we feel like he didn't fulfill his promise. Oh, I get it. He's not exactly who he says he is. Oh, he only he only comes through for some people, but he doesn't come through for me. And right. so I again, I think that's really important to note that if you are feeling either one of those ways, it's natural. Like it happens. And the thing to know is to be able to take your thoughts captive. Like right here, right now, as you're listening, Take those thoughts captive to Christ and allow him to renew and refresh your mind according to who Christ is, because we, we like to take in our worth, right? Oh, he didn't meet it because I'm not worthy. Like that's on, you know, very subconscious level. What we, we feel like, okay, I'm really just not worthy of this. I'm not worthy of having the good marriage and all the things, right? We start to feel that way. Mm-hmm. And that's 1000% the enemy coming Absolutely. after you. Absolutely. Attacking your worthiness. Like you are worthy, not because of anything you do, but because of Jesus, like he died for you. That's pretty freaking worthy. (laughs) You know, absolutely. (laughs) Talk a little bit about like, all right. So y'all have gone through this cycle. You finally get divorced. You're pissed at God. What happens next? So in my state of pissedness, I don't know if that's how you say it, but I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, I, I, I get into another relationship, which, which is just as dysfunctional as the first one, Mm. you know, and I'm like, okay, so it takes me a little while to, to realize what I'm doing. And, and I kind of went down in a bad way and I began drinking and not just drinking. I began getting drunk, you know, to kind of, I'm not happy with my situation. I'm just gonna just drink, drink it away. Yeah. And, and then, you know, one day I just had this, thought, what am I doing? Mm. Now, I remember way back when 
when God was everything to me. I mean, he was my lifeline. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm like, why am I clinging to these, these things and trying to hold on to them when it's, when it's so, there's no peace, there's no joy, yeah. there's no happiness. Right. And I thought this is, you know, this, this relationship needs to end as well. So I ended that relationship and, and that's when, when I started, started reading my Bible again, I started praying again, I started seeking the Lord again. So what Um, are your expectations moving to at this point? Like, what are you expecting out of your life now? You're like, okay, that relationship didn't work either. Like I, I am now to the logical understanding of this bottle isn't helping me. Right. Mm -hmm. Like logically I knew I was happier, even though I was in a not healthy relationship, I was happier because I was with God. Like he was fulfilling me in a way that nothing else could like logically that was now making sense to you. So like, what, what was your expectation in going back to God? Like, what were you expecting to happen for you? I just wanted peace yeah. and joy and and contentment mm. was the biggest thing. And I had lost all of that coming out of coming out of that divorce and being angry and everything. You know, I had lost all of that mm. um, because it, it anger, bitterness, resentment. It does that to you. It, it yeah. taints you on the inside. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's a choice to hold on to that stuff. And I finally had to let it go yeah. and say, you know, I forgive, you know, the forgiveness is for you, That's right. not the person, because the person who has offended you or hurt you or whatever may, one, they may not even recognize they did it. Number two, they may not acknowledge that they ever did it and, and they may never apologize. Right. And, and so you may be expecting something from some, from someone that, they're not going to or can't give you right but god can yeah god can give you that restoration that peace that that surpasses all understanding because you're thinking all these things happened to me yeah and they were they were not fun and they were not good and and they were very hurtful but god can fill that void in your life he can fill that that hole in your soul That when something like that happens, whether it's the loss of a loved one or, or, or a relationship or a marriage or a child or that loss, that deep sense of loss that you have, only he can feel that in a satisfying way. Um, And so that, that's what happened. I began to, that void began to be filled with his love, Mm -hmm. his grace, his mercy. And I began to rest yeah and just so cool because he goes deeper than anything logically that's happening you know we talked about how the alcohol and all of that like at that time it logically made sense to you to go avoid the problems to numb the feelings to just kind of escape right that was like logically what was making sense to you then when that didn't work anymore logically it made sense to you to go back to the thing that you remembered worked the best. Right. Absolutely. Like, even though we tend to operate out of logic true 
true contentment, true fulfillment, true peace, true joy, that comes when we start to operate in the spirit. And when you like connected with God again and allowed his Holy Spirit to come in and just totally immerse, he never left, you know, right. not like you're misbehaving and he's like, oh, peace out, Wendy. You know, he's like, okay, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. You ready? Okay, great. Let's go. <laughs> you know, yeah, I had but, kind of put God in a box and sat him on a shelf. Like you're not working anymore. So I'm going to sit you over there. You're not performing the way I think you should perform. And so I'm just going to pack you all up, put you in a box, set you on the shelf. And yeah. And, and another so, thing you said um, was about the forgiveness and how it is for you and not somebody else. And it reminded me of when I had my own like hoity-toity moment of being like, I'm so super spiritual. <laughs> and <laughs> I was I was at church one day and the pastor was talking about forgiveness and how important it is to forgive and it's for you, it's not for that person. And so I got out of church that day and I like sent this person who had really hurt me and my family. And I sent her this text message and I was like, I just want to let you know that you're forgiven. <laughs> <laughs> she was like I don't need your forgiveness and I was like oh, that, didn't, that, didn't, that didn't work out how I thought it was going <laughs> because I was still like in the frame of mind like oh I'm doing the right thing you know what I mean like I'm out there and I'm saying oh I forgive you when that's not the point the point is for right. you not to say you forgive somebody the point is for you to actually experience what releasing that and surrendering that to God is <laughs> that's not at all what I did. <laughs> so just just for the listener, doesn't take this message the wrong way and and pull a Julie on there. Don't do that. <laughs> that's not what it means. It doesn't mean you just like I'll go AA on it and be like, okay, well I'm so sorry and I forgive you for everything that you've done to me. And they're like, I don't need you to forgive me. I didn't do anything to you. And then it's like, oh, this is really exactly. awkward. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So talk a little bit about like where you are now, like what's happening in your life now. How do you, because if you look back through your story, it's like God always shows up and redeems those expectations that you've placed, right? Mm -hmm. Again, that we kind of place logically, but his spirit redeems them spiritually. And it's a whole new experience. So talk a little bit about like where you are now and how you're intentional about the expectations you place on your life and on others. Right. Um, wow. Um, where I am now. So, so coming out of the divorce, I did have a financial struggle. Um, I mean, I was scrimping and scraping and yes, I lived in the big house and had the nice car, but I can't pay the bills. <laughs> I had started this new business. It wasn't very strong. And um, so it wasn't, you know, in the first few years of getting a business up and going, it's not very profitable, right? And so because that's where I was, I had to go get a job. Um, and, I, and I didn't get a job making a whole lot of money. And, and there was a lot of things that went on there too, as far as expectations and disappointments and, and the whole nine yards, but um, I'm not getting into all of that detail. However, um, from where I was then, he has brought me so far because I've now started another business. And when I left my corporate job, I was, I was making a lot of money um, and I was 
doing very well financially. And now he's called me into another business that I started about a year ago and it's, it's in real estate. And so I've been um, flipping houses and buying rental properties and, and things of that nature. And the Lord has just blessed that business. Mm. I mean, because I think I went into it with the right heart. I've always had an interest in doing that because my ex-husband and I flipped houses and and the other relationship that was flipping houses involved there because he was a general contractor. So I learned a lot there. So I always had the interest there, but I didn't have the confidence to go out and do it myself. And mm-hmm. so I took a master class, learned how to do all that. And the Lord is just blessed because the heart behind it is, let me take something that is broken, ugly, dirty, filthy, and just people have given up on hmm. breathe life back into it. Yeah. And, and that's what I so enjoy is taking something just like me. I was broken. I was felt dirty inside. I was felt ugly inside and God breathed life into me mm-hmm. and made me into something beautiful. Yeah. The person that I am today, I may not be physically beautiful, but I feel beautiful because he's made me into the person that I am now. And and that's what I like doing with the real estate is making these houses beautiful and, and making it into something where someone would be happy to live and they could live the rest of their life and be fulfilled. And that just brings so much joy to my heart. Yeah. You know, so it's just kind of a, a win all the way around um, there. And it's just, it's been so blessed. And and I I left my corporate job because of this. Yeah. I'm now making a, a, a substantial income doing this. And I'm, and I'm so happy. I'm so content with my life. Um, relationships are good now. Um, it's just, it's just a, a good place to be. Oh, I love that. And it, it's such a, a good picture of, of God's redemptive story. I mean, that's what he does. Like you said, the people ask me all the time, <clears throat> you know, how do I get into overflow, right? Like so many people want to get into flow and then there's, there's us high achieving ambitious women of faith. They're like, forget the flow. Give me the overflow Lord. <laughs> you know, like how do we get there? Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's all about taking it back to being with God and like really seeking after the heart of God and, and aligning your character and the way you move and the way you think and the way you feel with him to be more and more Christ-like. And that involves the sanctification process, which is the part that nobody likes to go through, but that's yeah. what's required of us. Like that's, we just have to go through that. Mm-hmm. In order to, you know, kind of get all this grunge stuff. Like you were saying, you felt dirty inside. We all have experienced things in our life that we could experience shame over, you know? I mean, that's why the enemy used shame as like the very first thing to attack mm-hmm. you with, you know? And so we carry that around. Like that's just inherent part of us was when we, we do something that we're not exactly proud of that. We know that God's really not proud of. We carry that shame. Yeah. Instead of carrying it around, like coming to God and being like, Hey, it's, it's time to just leave this at the cross. You, you can feel me. And that's where the overflow comes in is when you fully align yourself with who God is calling you to be. And like, it's so cool to me in your story where you're like, in these different marriages, 
you were still interested in the flipping of houses because that that was a call that God put on your heart, but you were like, something's still not right about it, but you were doing it and you were kind of leaning on these guys to help you through it. And then God's like, but look what really happens when you like release the things that you think that you need, the people that you think that you have to have in order to support you and carry you through. And he's like, no daughter, that's me. <laughs> right. You know, and Absolutely. so it's so cool when you go there willingly, how much favor and abundance and overflow comes from that. And it's, it's just amazing to see your story and how he's done that for you, because it truly is that redeeming of all the expectations that you had Mm -hmm. story. And and the thing that holds a lot of people back is fear. Yeah. Um, Because, because we tend to think negative and we've got these like sunglasses on these shades on, right. And it shades everything. And we think, what if this happens? What if that don't work? What if I fail? What, what are, what are people going to say about me? And we think on the negative side, but what if we take those sunglasses, those shades off, and put on on our clear God glasses and and look through his lens and and say, well, what if this happens? Yeah. Right. What if it works? What if, what if that does happen? What, who can I bless? I mean, and think of all of the positive things that could happen and look at it through those lens versus the negative lens. Yes. I tell my clients all the time. I'm like, looking into the future because there there is like proven scientific benefits and like visualizing the future and then like reverse engineering to get the steps and like I get all that and then there's the times that people go through most of the time like 98 percent of the time what actually people are doing when they visit the future is going to the negative like you were saying you know yeah. and so I'm always telling my clients like if if you're gonna look into the future choose the positive one like neither yeah. one exists. <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> neither one exists yet. You're only where you are right here, right now. Right. That's <laughs> so right. If you're going to choose to go to a future that doesn't exist, choose the better one. That's right. Absolutely. It's so simple. And we complicate the crap out of it. <laughs> we, we do. We sure do. <laughs> yep. Okay, Wendy. So what is one like practical a piece of advice or a tool that you would give somebody that is in your position. That's like, I just, I kind of need like a restart, like a refresh on my life. What would you tell her? Just stop, just stop where you are and, and ask the Lord to just, Lord, here I am. You see me just as I am. And you love me. I know you love me. And he does love you. In case you don't know that he loves you, he does love you. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a good, good father. Mm-hmm. And he loves you. And he has the best intention for your life. He created you in his image. And he has a good plan for your life. A plan to prosper you and to grow you and, and to, to spend time with you. But in order to do that, it's a two-way street. You have to spend time with him. So as you, as you start to move toward him, he will run to you as well. Mm. So he will meet you where you are, no matter what. I don't care how low you are. He will meet you. If you feel like you're face down in the ditch with covered in muck and mire in the quagmire, yeah. uh, he will find you. Yeah. He is there. He's already there. He's already there. That's good. That's good because so many people will be like, 
it, it's too dark where I am. He can't, he's not here. No, he's there. He's, he's there. there. It, it, we think it's going to be some complicated 18 step process. <laughs> it's just not It's <laughs> simple. as like, Jesus, here I am. Here I am. Yep. All, all of this mess and grossness. It's yep. all yours. <laughs> like I'm, I'm trying to find mess. a way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And just yeah. release those expectations that you've placed on yourself of what, mm-hmm. of what things should look like according to what the world says. Like that, the minute I did that, that's when things really started to change in my favor. That's when I was like, oh, this is better. Like <laughs> actually living for God is way better. And it's, it's, yeah. And, and it actually have ease about it. Yeah. It has such an ease about it that you're like, Hey, am I doing this right? right. right. <laughs> because the world says work, 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 yeah. you're busy, busy, busy. And, and, and God, it's, it's peaceful, it's restful and, and, but you're productive, you're yeah. still productive oh, yeah. and you accomplish so much more, but without all the stress and anxiety that comes with the way the world says do it. Does that make okay. sense? Yes. Oh, it does. Yeah. Such a good conversation. Okay. We're going to go to speed round. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> Tacos or pizza? Neither. What? <laughs> Nobody's ever said neither. I don't know how to respond. Spaghetti or hamburgers? <laughs> Spaghetti. Okay. Oh, I was like, what? No, neither tacos. Like, do you not like tacos? I don't understand. What's happening right now? <laughs> yeah, they're they're not my favorites. So there's a long story about the pizza, but yeah, they're not they're not my favorites. I'll like like a burrito. Do you like Mexican food? Yeah, I like Mexican food. I just, just don't not tacos. Yeah, just not a taco. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, <laughs> let that slide. I can eat Mexican food like eight days a week. There's only seven. That's why that's funny. <laughs> okay. What um, has been your go-to verse, book of the Bible, person of the Bible? Like, what has been your go-to? to kind of like refill you and reset your mind. Um, Romans 8, 1 has been a, a key verse for me, you know, therefore there is now no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Um, mm. Because that was a big thing in my mind. You know, I was constantly hearing, you know, all the negative, yeah. you know, you're no good. You're not worthy. You don't deserve that. You, you know, who do you think you are kind of stuff that all the guilt, condemnation, the guilt and the shame that I had associated with all that, just let that be compounded. And so I had to learn how to renew my mind and take my thoughts captive and say, no, that's a lie. And so, um, learning how to recognize that that's the voice of the enemy. It's not the voice of God. So that's kind of, that's been an anchor for me from the early on. Yeah. And as far as a character, David is, is my favorite um, because I guess I can just relate to him. You know, he was a little nuts sometimes and he'd go all out and dance in his underwear in the streets. And, you know, people were thinking he's crazy. And, and then he'd cry and scream and, you know, and, and then he would write songs and, and just share his heart with God. And he, he was just a man after God's own heart. And and that just says, God loves you. And when you're down and when you're up and when you're nuts and when you're sane and, you know, he just loves you. Yeah. He's there. He's there. And And I love that because I mean, David messed up in some like really big ways. Yeah. 
Yeah. And he's still known for being after God's own heart. Like, Absolutely. Yes, Lord. Can that just be my legacy? Yes. So, I think that's, that's such a good point. Yeah. Um, what is one place you want to visit on your bucket list? Ireland. Oh, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Why Ireland? I, I just, the scenery, just the whole, the whole, the castle, the whole thing over in Europe, that Ireland is the place that I want to go first. And so, uh, yeah, I just want to go there just to, the scenery is the biggest. I, I'm just a big, you know, I'm not a big get outside and hike a lot because anyway, um, but I love nature. Yeah. I love nature. So it's so, it's so beauty. It's so beauty. It's so beautiful. <laughs> when um, my husband and I were doing a lot of scuba diving back before we had, you know, a litter of children. Um, <laughs> we loved it because there you are, you're under the ocean and you're just seeing this whole new world and it is just mesmerizing. And I was all like, I always felt so at peace down there because I'm like, God, this is so beautiful. Like, and not everybody gets to experience it. Like you have to be scuba certified. You have to go down. You have like, there's things that you have to do in order to experience that. Right. And, you know, that that's been life as well. It's like the hard stuff you go through is for a purpose. And, yeah. and if you allow yourself to stay close to him and journey with him through all of that, there is beauty from all of those ashes. And, um, so that's, this has been such a great, um, conversation with you, Wendy. What is, um, one last piece of advice you would like to give to the listener today? Um, just be real with God. I mean, he already knows. Yeah. He already knows. He knows everything about you and everything that you think and feel. And, and so just let it all out and, and just release it, release it all to God. Yeah, that's good. That's so good. Wendy, thank you so much for coming today. I'm so glad that you were here and we're able to serve all of our wonderful audience. And I just want to say, remember the best, the, the best guys, I'm telling you <laughs> this is cold medicine. I'm like sweating right now and I'm nasally and I'm mixing up my words. It's fine. It's fine. Cause we keep it real. That's how we do <laughs> the best version of you begins on your next level of faith. Bye for now.